Colorado I'm heading home The great American Hi there. This is Harrison, co-founder of Sustain Music and Nature. I wanted to thank you all for listening and supporting the Songscapes podcast. Last month, we were at Mountain Film in Telluride, Colorado, running a few of our trail sessions with the festival. While we were there, in between watching some amazing outdoor and environmental films, Charles caught up with Americana artist and friend Daniel Rodriguez in person in the same room for this special live podcast. They talked a bit about his new album, Sojourn of a Burning Sun. Hope you enjoy. So Sojourn of a Burning Sun begins with Static Splash. And I was curious about, you know, like why you started the record like that and kind of the tone you were going for there. It, it was it was just and I like when I wrote that song uh, as I am the lead off song, I had always pictured if I ever recorded it that it would start off with this low fi scenario where someone was flipping through the stations and then they arrived on the song at a very low fi quality and then it transitioned into a high fidelity song um, and the way that we had conversations back and forth with my producer and the record label and they wanted a separate track so we decided to name it set static splash and keep it a separate track so it happened what is it like a 15 second kind of strange little i think it's 19 seconds it's 19 seconds okay exactly okay don't hold me to that all right so, but I'm always curious when musicians do that. Like, are, are we really, are there like sort of subliminal messages in what the kind of lo-fi, because there's a little bit of like distorted voice there and mm-hmm. some mixed in like oscillating noise. And I, so is there a secret message there? It's mostly that kind of lo-fi to Wi-Fi or hi-fi feeling. It was just an aesthetic thing. There was no real yeah, it's cool. message. That's cool. Thanks. So the album's kind of almost one year old, right? It's it's. Uh, It'll be one year on August eighteenth or August twentieth. So how are you feeling about it? Like a year later, obviously the world's been through a lot. We'll get to that, but how's how's it feeling to you? Um, I'm really happy that we released it. We uh, were you know pulling our hair out trying to figure out if we should release it during a pandemic because originally. Um, I was supposed to be opening up for the Lumineers, um, and there was some excitement with the record label, and of course, just excitement in general to be exposed to that big of an audience. And um, it just turned out that we were in a pandemic, and but people also were sitting around, you know, wanting. I was wanting new music, and it just made sense that we should just put it out anyway, and. Um, not worry about the fact that we were going to lose a whole bunch of money. It's just get art out there, give it to people. And um, a year later, I'm still loving the songs. I'm still playing them live, and I'll, I'll play those songs forever. So you were going to tour um, because you were going to warm up the Lumineers. Yeah. And so now you're you're playing. Can you talk a little bit about the gigs you've done so far, and how does it feel playing solo? Is this your first time playing solo in front of live audiences, or were you doing this? I've done it before. I just haven't done it maybe in about a year, I suppose. Like everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. So how's it feeling? It feels great. I'm, I've am i played, you know, two or three, 
<laughs> two or three shows thus far with a band, and that was um, it was interesting. It was it was interesting to be around the setting that we were so familiar with, but now kind of unfamiliar. Um, and it was it was strange to be in a social setting where there was people that who wanted my attention, and uh, I just didn't. I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> I was like, uh, I took a few steps back over the pandemic on, on knowing how to socialize and, and deal with a lot of energy. Um, and then, you know, being on stage, it was kind of like, whoa, it was equally like, this is our purpose. It felt so very in the groove of who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. But it also felt it had an element of strangeness to it. Yeah. Just, just, you know, by being so far away from it for so long. Yeah, for all of us. I mean, I'm, I'm here for the film festival, and it was the first time I did anything really in a public setting other than an airplane ride, which is not sort of a, you know, a creative experience shared with others. And in right. one way, you acclimate as it's normal, and in another way, it's like, whoa, this is... I haven't done this in a long time. Yeah. And for you as a performer, obviously the energy is a lot different than me as somebody who's sitting in the audience. Well, you know, I, I talked to some people who were in the audience and it was equally as strange for them, you know, overwhelming at first, you know, some people were like, as soon as music and lyrics were coming out of a PA system, they hadn't felt that in so long that it was a bit overwhelming for them. You know, one thing that I would think is kind of an accidental advantage is that if you toured that album right when it came out, you know, it would have obviously been great. But now, people have had a year to listen to those songs. Mm -hmm. So when they go to see you play these songs, you know, it's like whenever you see an artist, you kind of always want to hear the older music because you have that right. familiarity. Yeah. So it's kind of odd to release a record, give all of your fans a year to get familiar with it, and then when you're playing it in front of them, they've already, you know, experienced... I mean, not that you want... Uh, the album to be the COVID soundtrack album. But, you know, everybody was listening to this album really during lockdown and sure. quarantine and all that stuff. So now I would think there's a lot more familiarity with it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and people have had the time to actually sit, hopefully sit down and actually take a full album in, you know, or you or really just be in the moment of listening to a song because you've got nothing but time. Yeah. All right, so... Let's pivot because you got a new baby out with his, which is the uh, the twenty first ancient stuff, and I'm, I'm curious because, um, you know, where where are you with that in terms of what are you going to do now with with the group? Are you touring? Or are you are you? No, just... I think that's just sort of like it's like a painting. You know, you get done with a painting, someone puts it on their wall, and uh, what we did is we. I had worked on that with a friend, a dear friend from the Northeast, and we've been collaborating for almost 20 years. And uh, this is the culmination of it. I finally had the time over the pandemic to finish the record. And he's got three kids. He's got a job that will always pay more than what the music industry pays. So it was really in a beautiful way. It, it, there's no pressure from the industry. There's no pressure from us. It was. It's always been just let's come up with whatever the moment wants us to come up with and 
we created this record and that's what it is. And if there is, you know, uh, if there are people who are beckoning us to come out and play, you know, it would have to make sense for everybody. Um, you know, we'd have to pull him away from his job and his family for a little bit, which would be fun for him, but we're not planning on, on that at all. We just, we put it out and it's out for people to listen to. All right. So the future is a little ambiguous and yeah. unknown, but one thing that's really specific is just the difference in terms of not only the creative collaboration, because even though obviously you had help with the solo project, it's a solo project as opposed to this, which is a group, mm -hmm. but also more strikingly, the difference in genres. Oh, yeah. So could you talk a little bit about which part of your brain works differently in terms of going from one piece of music to the other piece of music or one project to the other project or the relationships? Um. You know, the only real difference where my, my brain had to do a switch was I produced it. Uh, I got the talent together to record on it. I mixed it. And I'm just doing like all the <clears throat> all the things to massage it to get it out into the world. But as far as it being a difference in musical styles, uh, I just have such a love for all different kinds of music, one of them being hip-hop so it was really no no big switch up it was just like does this sound good or does this not sound good do i feel good about putting this out or do i not feel good about it when I mean, there were some thoughts about how people would think about it be like oh my god this is so different i don't know if i like this or not but it was kind of cool to like think about that and then also not give a shit about that do you think there's a point, though, in the future where there's going to feel like a musical void for you if you can't sort of exercise that hip-hop muscle anymore? Like, I, I, are you, like, now kind of like, I, I like what I'm doing, but I also want to play with hip-hop a little bit more? Or... Well, I'll always be collaborating. We're already planning our next record. Okay. Yeah, so he's he was so jazzed about it finally getting out there that he's starting to write again. And... Um, um, I've written some solo songs that are in the hip hop vein that I will try out on my audience and see how they react, you know, and, uh, uh, they might make it on the next record. So, um, we'll see. I don't think I'll ever, I wouldn't put myself in the position of like feeling, yeah, as you get older, you're like, this is something I want to do. So I'll just do it rather than thinking about what other people think. It's one of the great parts of getting older. Yeah, yeah. And, and being an artist that feels secure about himself and doing things for what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And now if you have that creative Jones, you have the opportunity to shift, which is nice. And yeah, and I guess this is a little bit of like, hey, this is a part of me. It's right. not like the central thing of what I'm doing, but here's a taste so you can expect some more stuff yeah. in the future. Yeah, I think that's really great. Um, you know that this is a podcast that talks about nature as well as music. And, you know, 1,000 Miles is a song that clearly is about the environment. Can you mm. talk about what was behind writing and sort of getting in the studio with that song? Um, yeah, I think, well, Pete was the main lyricist, well, aesthetic he goes by. Um, 
he's the <coughs> the main lyricist for that. Uh, but what I've gathered from what he was trying to say is there's there's no stopping this industrial revolution that started back at the turn of the century and how it's evolved until to, to where it is now. Um, there's no stopping that, but there are, inevitably we're going to have to figure out how to braid that into a sustainable, you know, outcome. And there's some people who are really think tanking on that. And there's some people who are, you know, there's pushback on just the greed aspect of everything. I, I can't speak, uh, for Pete on where he was coming from, from that. Um, and ultimately I think he's trying to find a rhyme within the vein of where he's coming from. But, uh, that would be a question for him. Because I'm just going to sound like a doofus trying to explain it. No, I think you're explaining it well, but I am going to continue down the nature trail, no pun intended, because we're sitting here recording this podcast in one of the most beautiful places on earth, Telluride, and I am curious how nature inspires your music. And it doesn't have to be lyrics. It can be a mood. Uh, how, do you, how, do you, how does it get in there and, and inspire you? Well, I think... Nature, without sounding too cliche, I think nature is the greatest teacher. Um, uh, you know, the human condition is, you know, is as such probably because we we fail to like go outside and and learn from nature, and so at every chance, yeah, it's easy here in Telluride. All you have to do is walk out in the middle of the street and look around you, and just be awe inspired, and kind of. You know, I grew up around the ocean, so going out to the ocean and just seeing how small we really are and uh, feeling the inspiration and feeling uh, that we're all tied in, we're all connected, and one small action, you know, can start a, a huge wave. That's a, that's a natural yeah. uh Thing that you can you can see in the ocean you know like a butterfly wing okay now i'm starting to sound cliche but a butterfly wing that is flapping above the ocean can start a little ripple that you know when it, by the time it gets to the shore it could be a 12-foot wave so um i don't know what i'm talking about at this point i think you do and i don't think it's cliche i think that's <laughs> that's how creativity emerges right uh i ask all my guests this and um you mentioned growing up around the ocean. We're in Telluride. I know you live in Boulder. Is there one sort of nature moment where you had an epiphany or just you were totally awake in outside or just something that resonates with you where you, it could have been exactly what you were describing, but now I'm looking for like a specific time in your life or a specific place that you can recall where you just felt that connection to, to the environment. I mean, so many times, but... I do remember this one particular time where I woke up, I was in the Northeast and I woke up as the sun was coming up and I, I walked out into the woods and just the cacophony of birds and the, the sun coming up and then like the shadows and silhouettes that the light was making, it was just this moment where 
I don't know. I just felt like I was one with nature. And, um, and I think that's just an underlying truth that gets obscured with, with our, you know, reality with technology and being inside and getting real heady about our problems. Uh, um, I, I, that morning was just so very, uh, it was just so very apparent that we're very, very, very connected to where we are. Cool. I want to take you back. You've been through a lot. 2018, a big year of change for you. Oh, yeah. Um, so looking back, now that we're sitting here in the middle of 21 and the world's kind of coming out, God willing. Yeah. Um, and, and looking back at the last three years, how, how are you sort of, when you think about it, how are you feeling about th these last three years? Um, well, this last year, really, <laughs> I feel like ever since Elephant Revival kind of split up, the world's just gone to shit, which is kind of a narcissistic thing to like think about. But it really has seen, well, you know, kind of when Trump got into office and then the world was polarized. and uh, But I think as far as like Elephant Revival ending, there's been a lot of... Uh, Growth. I think everybody in the band this provided a lot of growth for them individually. Finding out a little bit more about ourselves as individuals outside of this really tight knit family. You know, we lived on a bus, and um, we didn't really know anything outside of that. So for me, there's been a lot of tremendous growth coming into my own my own voice, and. Um, um, being able to be autonomous in my decision-making and things like that. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure they all feel very similarly. Um, and, you know, there's some things on the horizon that are really exciting for me as far as like the going, the Lumineers thing has not been canceled. It's just been pushed a little bit further. Um, and just overall, just feeling really excited about creating more art and putting it out just for the sake, just for the sake of creating art and putting it out. Um, but I don't know. That's just where I'm arrived at. I, you know, after three years of one thing crumbling, you know, like a, a band that we had played for 14 years that kind of came to an end, a romantic relationship came to an end. And then, um, there was just a lot of, there was just a wealth of, of energy to rebuild from from the ashes and uh, I'm still learning but yeah I'll, I'll never stop learning I feel like I'm babbling am I babbling no my caffeine babbling no you're giving good answers because they're from the heart and <laughs> okay. I think you're sharing something that a lot of people are feeling now which is a reset after the pandemic and after Trump but I also think for you you know I would be remiss not to ask you about 18 because the one thing that's unique to you is your artistic and romantic life changed. And then you went through something that everybody else went. And, you know, the podcast doesn't work when everybody has canned answers. So I think right. what you're doing is you're, you're speaking your truth and authenticity. And I'm going to only ask you one more question. And you can 
as you say, babble as much as you want, even though I think you're not babbling. I ask all my guests, uh, is there a song, and it could be yours or it could be somebody else's, Mm. that's your go-to when you're sort of having a positive thought about nature? And it could be lyrics, it could be a mood, but it's just one of those songs, when you hear it, it transports you to some place in the world, the natural world. Mm. Well, there's a song I wrote for Elephant Revival called Season Song, and um, that kind of came out of what, you know just some of those epiphanies about how we are just so connected to nature and you know the metaphors that can come from that with life and death and how it all ties in. Um, uh, so that is definitely one of them, just because it's so innate came out of me and I know where that came from. Um, but geez, from someone else? God, that's a good question. Probably like a Bob Marley song, you know, like put on Bob Marley's greatest hits and you're like, you feel iry, man. You want to be out in the sunshine. Yeah. Exodus. Exodus. Yeah. <laughs> right. In the like heat that. of the right, helpless cool. yeah. Hey, we're good. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Daniel Rodriguez and Charles Coughlin, live from Telluride at Mountain Film. You can pick up Daniel's new album, Sojourn of a Burning Sun, and show tickets at his website, drodriguezmusic.com. You've been listening to Songscapes, a production of Sustain Music and Nature. We've got a summer full of events and songwriting retreats, So don't be surprised if the following months will have a mix of live trail sessions and behind-the-scenes content. Head on over to sustainmusicandnature.org for more information. Until next time, see you out on the trail. Our lungs, they are breathing light. Our hearts are beating drums. In the wake of a static splash for the soldier.